Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is you have decided to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day, my family and I greatly appreciate it. You have found the only podcast in America that is completely devoted to covering the four major franchises of one major market of Phoenix, Arizona. But what makes us different is that we do it from Billings, Montana, Big Sky Country. We also cover USL Championship Soccer with the Phoenix Rising, the WNBA with the Phoenix Mercury, all under one podcast. And let us not forget, because I almost did, well, I didn't forget, but I just didn't say it the way I normally do. We also cover uh, ASU football, ASU basketball, uh, along with all that. All under one podcast, available to you Tuesday through Saturday. Yeah. Um, not quite as good as normally, but, uh, anyway, happy Saturday. Hope your week was good. Hope your, uh, Saturday has been go good so far, wherever you find us, wherever you may listen and whenever you may do that. I, um, like I say, I, I appreciate it. And, uh, this is your tailgate show and I, I made it that. Uh, because it's, you know, it's Saturday and you got a football Saturday and Sunday, but you know, there's other things going on as well. Um, we got the Yotes on Saturday. We have, um, the, uh, um, Sun Devils uh, men's basketball on Sunday. So, um yeah there, there there's thing other things going on but yeah that's your your tailgate show and uh that that's that's what this is we appreciate you um listening um it was a um i don't want to say a tough week um but work last night was was pretty tough i'll, I'll go ahead and tell you that excuse me as i clear my throat um but uh yeah it was it was a little um a little tough i i stunk it up i just i did not do well it was a very very busy night um i had a hard time keeping up um with the demand of the night and i guarantee you uh uh the guys that were kind of working alongside me were very frustrated and, and possibly cussing me out and then on top of just the frustration of the day maybe they had themselves i don't know i'm sure i didn't help but uh if any of those guys listen i apologize guys um you have to understand i just what <clears throat> i don't know if i wasn't in it but i was getting slammed with um packages coming my way couldn't get them off the off the belt fast enough um, and then just had some jams, uh, just all kinds of stuff. So, uh, I know you guys probably bad, bad mouthed me if you listen. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, I'll, I, I, I can take it and I understand. Um, but anyway, um, I guess I can explain to you guys, the listener, cause you guys are like, oh, what, um, <clears throat> what? What I've been normally doing is we have um, two 
um, doors is what we call them. Each bay is, a, you know, we just call them doors. Um, two doors at the very end that get nothing but uh, what we call um, um, ICs. Um, the others, uh, they call them NCs. ICs are NCs, and it stands for... Um, uh, NC is uh, non-conveyorable, um, so it doesn't come down the regular uh, conveyor belt. It comes down a different conveyor belt that's meant for someone to pick the packages off the conveyor belt and put them at the rollers that go to that trailer, to that door. And I'm either loading um, those uh, those packages, the you know, the ICs, the NCs, non-conveyables, or I'm picking them off the other conveyor belt. And tonight, I was picking them off. And what I, uh, the area that I cover is what they call, what we call the four spot. And the four spot is um, door 122 um, through... Um, uh, 125, and then the V doors, uh, 301 and uh, uh, 300. Um, so that's uh, 22, 22, 23, 24, 25, 3, and 301. So six, six, uh, areas, which is you know, uh, um, pretty large i don't want to say any larger than any of the others but they usually are pretty pretty busy and tonight was definitely one of those those nights and um i just just uh, stunk it up I'll, I'll admit it and it wasn't on purpose there was a lot of factors that contributed i was con uh, completely slammed a couple of different times um and uh um the 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 part that will stink is that you'll get a lot of the stuff that goes down to the V doors and then um, all of a sudden start getting things that are, you know, 122 and, and you're, you're further away, but, you know, also lesser volume if, if that makes any sense. So you're, you know, constantly going um, back and forth. And when I would get slammed with one, I'd start to also get slammed with some of the other doors as well. And, uh, and then that that would just create where um, it, it it's not really a jam, but at a certain point the the uh, belt will stop um, for you know and and it's for everybody it will stop for everybody, so it kind of impedes progress. Um, and I did it a couple of times tonight, um, once or twice I think down on my end, and then you know several other times further up. Um, so uh, that that usually people get frustrated with that because it you know takes a little bit longer uh, for the day, and then um, what happens with me is that uh, there was uh, some some of the busier doors that I had um, just get busier and busier, and you're just having to you know throw. Um, you know, I say throw. Well, sometimes throw if it's like a tire, you're not going to damage that, but. Um, things that you can get away with, like just kind of tossing off to the side and just kind of moving. And then, you know, it, it, it helps keep the, the belt going, but it help you know, jams up everything else where you're, 
you know, kind of double doing everything. And, um, at, you know, what I know, what they got frustrated with me about is because it was just so full with, with product, the, uh, the, uh, rollers that I was packing this stuff on was so full, um, because they weren't able to kind of keep, keep a, uh, a guy down there. Um, when, when he did, they had to, you know, go do something else and help out other areas because those areas were getting hit real hard. And, um, I know one thing that I know that frustrated them and it would frustrate me too, but I had no choice, um, because of what was going on, um, is I was kind of putting some packages at the, at the wrong roller that goes to the wrong door. And it's not that big of a deal, except for the person that's loading the trailer has to move it to the right one. It's either, you know, um, most of the time it was the V door. So it's just literally a couple steps to your left or a couple steps to your right. Um, but what's frustrating about it is use the loader shouldn't have to do that. You should just have everything ready. Sometimes they will, um, they being, um, the labeler will, uh, label the wrong package and, and that's, you know, not my fault, but I can often see, be seen as my fault, like that I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. Um, so where the, you know, what's labeled is where I put the package unless of course uh, tonight, um, it's, just you know so busy i don't have anywhere to put it so i have to put it somewhere and so you know as the roller would get free i would you know i would as any roller would get free uh no matter which one it was and where the package actually goes what door it actually goes to i would put it just because you know it's a free spot to put it so that way the conveyor belt doesn't get jammed up like like I mentioned before. So I know they got frustrated with that. I know for a fact they did, and I would have too. But, um, you know, if they would have seen how, you know, what was going on with, with me, you, you know, maybe I would get a little bit of slack. But like I said, I guarantee you those guys were cussing me out for sure. But, um, you know, I don't take it personally. Um and again, if they any of them happen to listen, I apologize, guys. But um, you know, I did did what I could. But anyway, that was kind of my Friday. Like I said, the whole week wasn't bad. No, uh, we did kind of work a little bit later than than expected, um, a couple of nights, and so that that was kind of frustrating. But it's about to get real real busy anyway, so might as well go ahead and get suck it up and get used to it. Um. So there's that. Um, as far as the show goes, I uh, have uh, some sons, and we'll start there first. They played uh, last night. Um, and then I have, uh, after that, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and uh, preview the um, um, uh, da, 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 uh, Sun Devils against, uh, goodness gracious, dropping the ball here, uh, who they play. Oh, Washington State. Um, so... Um, in, uh, Polson, I think is where it, they play. But anyway, um, and so in, 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 um, Washington, so they'll play them. Um, so they're on the road. Um, and then we'll go into, uh, previewing the, uh, the Cardinals. Um, so that, that's, that's the show today. Um, so I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening as always. And, um, uh, we'll be right back, um, here in a second. After this uh, break, uh, you're listening to Big Size Sports Talk.
back with some Suns basketball, and uh, it wasn't uh, all that great. Uh, 114-97 in favor of the Orlando Magic. Um, Suns continue their um, road trip. Um, The only bright spot was uh, Cameron Payne. He had uh, he led the team with 22 points, um, eight of uh, 15 from the field. Um, only got to the line once, but he nailed the shot, so he was one of one. I think it was well, if he was one of one, it would have been a uh, technical. Is I and full disclosure, as you, if you can't already tell, I was not able to catch the game, so um, that's what that tells me is that it was off of a uh, technical. Um, or something like that. Um, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, 20 points, 7 of 15 from the field, uh, 4 of 4 um, from uh, the line. Oh, and again, no Cam Johnson and uh, Chris Paul out again. So um, there's there's that. Not saying it's an excuse, just wanted to fill you in. Devin Booker, 8 rebounds, 5 defensive, 3 offensive, uh, ball, ball. Um, 15 rebounds. All of his were defensive. Booker, six assists, two uh, turnovers, 34 minutes. Wendell Carter Jr., um, five assists, three turnovers, 32 minutes. Starters for the Suns, Torrey Craig, 35 minutes, three of eight from the field, one of four from deep, four rebounds, one assist, nine points. Mikel Bridges, 38 minutes, three of 13. Two of six from deep, four rebounds, six assists, eight points. Aiton, 26 minutes, seven of 12 from the field, 0 of one from deep, five rebounds, one assist, 14 points. Campaign, his 35 minutes, eight of 15 from the field, five of 10 uh, from deep, three rebounds, four assists, and 22 points. Booker, 34 minutes, 6 of 19 from the field, 2 of 8 from deep, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 17 points. No major contributor from for the Suns. Biombo, 11 minutes, 7 points. Uh, Jock Landell, 13 minutes, 7 points. Uh, Washington uh, Jr., 17, or 17, 7 minutes, 5 points. And uh, Damian Lee, 22 minutes, 8 points. Um, for the Magic, um, uh, Okiki, 30 minutes, uh, 4 of 10, or 30 minutes, uh, 11 points. I'm not going to go into all those. I never do for the road team. Um, uh, Franz, uh, Wagner, uh, 31 minutes, 17 points. Um, Carter Jr., 32 minutes, 20 points. Bowl, bowl, uh 31 minutes, uh, 13 points. And uh, Suggs, uh, 32 minutes, 16 points. Uh, all of their starters, including um, Ross, uh, I think it was a Terrence Ross, I want to say. Yeah, Terrence Ross. I, I know my guys. Uh, well, not my guys, but guys around the league. Uh, 24 minutes and 14 points. So uh, six guys, all five starters, uh, but six in total and double figures scoring. Um, that, I can tell you all right right now, uh, was the difference. Suns only had three and uh, nobody off the bench. 
uh, with double-digit scoring. Um, field goals, Suns, 38 of 95, 40% on the nose, uh, 13 to 42, 31% on the nose from deep. And uh, they missed one free throw, but they only got to line nine times. They were eight of nine, 88.9%. Um, 13, uh, or, or say, uh, 43 of 82, 52.4% for the Magic. Um, from deep, 15 of uh, 33, 45.5% from, uh, from deep for them. And 13 of 15, 86.7%. Um, uh, Orlando out-rebounded the Suns 50-38 to um, with nine offensive boards and 41 defensive boards. Suns, um, 11 offensive boards and only 27 defensive boards. Uh, Orlando had more assists, but just by one, 23-22. Uh, um, Suns had seven steals to... Uh, Orlando's two, both teams had four blocks apiece. Uh, Suns did have fewer turnovers and only uh, gave up 11 points off the turnovers. Uh, they had 11 turnovers, so one point per turnover. Um, and uh, Orlando had 15 and gave up four, uh, four, 15 turnovers, gave up 14 points. Fast break points, Suns 12, and uh, Orlando had zero. Points in the paint goes to Orlando with 50, uh, for only 44 for the Suns. Um, 14 fouls for the Suns. Uh, 11 fouls with, with there it is, the technical for Orlando. Um, and then largest lead of the game for the Suns was two. And that was, uh, I did listen to some of the game, and so I do know for a fact that that was in the uh, first quarter. Um, and early in the first quarter, after that, they was they didn't lead at all, um, and uh, twenty two or twenty two twenty one was the largest lead for Orlando. So just poor offensively, couldn't get to the line. That was a big difference, and uh, got out rebounded, uh, out assisted. Um, just not very very good for the Suns at all. They are eight and four on the season, and so that puts them. Um, still in first, but now they are, uh, in the conference, the fourth seed. Uh, so first in the division, fourth in the conference, Utah is, uh, number one, uh, 10 and three, Portland's nine and three, Memphis is nine and four, and the Suns are eight and four. Denver's also eight and four, and, uh, Clips are uh, seven and five. That's your top six. So that's how it uh, everything shakes out for the Suns. Um, here is the um, game recap uh, by Bally Sports Arizona. Their their uh, post game report talking about Cam Johnson. Or not Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne, excuse me, Cameron Payne, uh, who was, like I said, the only bright spot for the Suns. Payne, in the first two minutes of the fourth quarter, like I said, he was trying to get the party started. 
Eight points. Yeah, he's about the only one that shot good. Although D.A. shot well, he didn't get enough opportunities at it. But, yeah, campaign came at it. He was ready to rock and roll. He likes his starting role out there. He wants to lead this team. I mean, the turbo haboob. <laughs> oh, combine the two. Oh, yeah, totally. I just stick with <laughs> Yeah, 22 points. Regular season high is 24. How about that? I he did even better in the playoffs than. when he filled in yeah. for Chris Paul. Just take it away from him. 29 in a playoff game. I thought he was definitely going to go over 24. Yeah, it looked good early when he was coming out, but then they just, you know, the rest of the team in that third quarter, it wasn't pretty. Man, it's just such a, a different team tonight. Yes, different team indeed. Different team indeed. Um, that's everything I have for you, the Suns. Uh, again, being on the road, um, sound for them is is uh, really hard to find. Actually, well, hold on. I do have something because um, I have something else because I remember I seen it uh, via Facebook. Um, let me get to Facebook. Um, because there was a little bit of some um, Monty sound or at least a Monty quote that I saw earlier when I was preparing for the show. And, and I'm, I'm like, I thought about doing it. I'm like, no, I won't. And then I'm like, you know what? Let's go ahead and, and do it. Um, so let's go to, and I'm sorry, I'm not prepared. I should be, should have been uh, on the spot. And... This is also, I believe, Valley Sports Arizona uh, with Monty Williams. Um, All right, here it is. Expect them shooting the ball. They had eight threes in the first half. And we gave up strong corner threes. We helped off of the strong corner and gave up an open three. Like, we don't do that, you know. And there was a six-point swing. I think we had taken the lead or cut it to one, um, and they hit two big threes back-to-back, and that was a bit of a momentum shift before halftime. So we, I don't know if we... If it's a schematic thing or we just didn't respect their shooters or they just got hot. Some of the threes they hit, they just knocked down shots over a contested hand. So I just told our guys it was a tough night. You know, it happens in the NBA. There you go. There's some money sound for you. Um, but anyway, yeah, just talking about three-point shooting. Um, and money felt like that uh, – they didn't respect uh, Orlando's ability to shoot from deep, um, as I read, and I'm just off the top of my head, if I remember correctly, I read 45.5% um, from uh, downtown was the Orlando Magic. So anyway, there, there's, there's everything um, I have on that. And if they didn't respect them from deep, shame on them. Shame on them for not doing it. Um, and, you know... Uh, Monty did say there were some shots that they just were probably hot on. But, yeah, uh, that's tough. That's a tough one. They just didn't have it tonight, that's for sure. That's that's how I look at it. That's how I break it down. Um, so that's everything, uh, sons, I have um, in this time for real. We'll go ahead and move into uh, kind of uh, getting you ready for um, ASU and uh, Washington State. That is all up next on Big Sky Sports Talk.
All right, back with some ASU football kind of previewing um, today's matchup. And uh, like I said, against Washington State at, uh, in, at their house. Um, and as per usual, we have Sean Aguano uh, speaking to um, Bicklin Murata at 98.7 FM. And this is courtesy of uh, their um, um, Spotify, so um, which also can be gotten from um, ArizonaSports.com. So give them uh, some credit. But here is uh, the head coach with the guys, Big Lynn Murata on 98.7 FM. Sun Devils getting ready for what will be a chilly one in Pullman against Washington State. Uh, here to talk about that and other things, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, Sean Aguano, for his weekly visit, joins us here on Arizona Sports. Good morning, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, last week, tough one against UCLA. Obviously, um, you know you, you, you made the late comeback, fell a little bit short. Uh, and the thing that stands out um, on the stat sheet, and anybody who watched that game, was the the rushing attack for UCLA was devastating. After soaking that all in, what what else was a takeaway for you from from the UCLA game, Coach? You know, defensively, we we need to make sure we sure up on on that run. Uh, um, you know, they took advantage of uh, a light box for us, um, but uh, I thought our kids played well. Um, we had a chance at the end to make one stop uh, down by six with uh, six minutes left uh, at the game, and we felt that if we had another chance uh, after a stop, we'd be uh, right there to win the football mm-hmm. game. You know, Coach, two and two in your last four. And it's interesting because we we were talking about Cliff Kingsbury on Hard Knocks the other uh, night, how he presented to his team a three-game stretch and how much good they could do during that three-game stretch. You guys have a three-game stretch to end end the season. Uh, Bowl eligibility is still in play. Uh, As a coach, do you remain singularly focused on Washington State, or do you have those conversations about, gentlemen, uh, we have an opportunity in front of us in these final three games to still make a bowl game, uh, to finish strong? Uh, Some some stuff lies ahead of us that if we we are the best versions of ourselves, we can still accomplish something this year. Do you have those conversations? You know, those conversations, I know it's in the back of their mind. The the kids understand if we win those three games, we'll be bowl eligible. But, um, you know, our focus is on Washington State um, and going up there. They're a uh, stingy defense and and playing pretty good football right now. And so our job is to make sure that we take care of this uh, game uh, on Saturday and and then we'll move forward uh, with Oregon State. But, um, you know, those conversations are one still one game at a time and then stacking those wins. Yeah. Sean Aguano, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, our guest here on Bickley and Murata mornings. Uh, Washington State forever, it seems, has been a, a team that just throws the ball all over the place, but uh, they're coming off a game where they had 300 yards rushing against Stanford. That's the most they've had on the ground in, in, in 16 years. After what uh, your defense went through last week against UCLA, are, are, you, are you glad as a coach you get that challenge to maybe uh, see how much the emphasis takes, uh, you know, takes hold this week you know, to improve that run defense? Absolutely. You know, and uh, Washington State does a great job spreading out the defense and, again, trying to get a light box and then running the football. They did a great job last week. And so, um, you know, our emphasis uh, is stopping the run. Uh, we need to make sure that we sure up and, and do our job on the, with the front seven. And, uh, you know, it will be a challenge again. But, uh, you know, we had 
we had time to make some corrections this week. You know, Coach, speaking of, of defense, now, Stanford Stanford scored 15 in their win. Uh, the defense still in Pac-12 play, giving up over 35 points a game. Uh, as a coaching staff, you know, I'm sure you guys sit in the coaching, coaches' meetings and say, we're, we're giving up too many points, guys. we got to do something about it. So my question, I guess, to you this morning is, what do you do about it? Is it, I mean, is it scheme? Is it personnel? Uh, is it just getting off the field on third down? Like, What goes in uh, to this team in these final three games, keeping the opposition's points down because it's important <laughs> absolutely and, and you know what what has been really hurting us and has been an emphasis for us is 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 the third down conversion rate yeah. uh, we are very very high uh, it seems that uh, we have trouble getting off the field um, and that has been an emphasis with situational football uh, during practice but uh, you know I think a lot of our guys are trying to make uh, things happen instead of just doing their jobs. Um, and then that, that means opening gaps because they want to make their play. And they, if they understand that they have to do their job, um, and that's all they need to do, um, and we'll be fine. Sean Aguano, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Going back to and you know, after the Stanford game, and we talked to you about it, and you, know, you took over play calling at that point. You made the quarterback change for the last two games, and we've seen an uptick in, in production. How pleased are you with, with the progress that's been made on that side of the ball since, since you made those changes? I, I think I, I'm very pleased. You know, our kids are uh, out there and playing with Temple. They're understanding um, what I'm asking f- uh, for them. Um, Trenton has done a great job uh, being the point guard um, on this offense and, and delivering the ball to our playmakers, and, and that's been the, a huge difference because of his anticipation and moxie as a quarterback. Now, I was going to go to Trenton next, and, and you look at the numbers, and I mentioned the increase in offense. He's completing over 75% of his passes. Uh, like you said, getting the hands in the in the uh, getting the ball in his in the hands of the playmakers. But you know, going back to the summertime, Emory Jones clearly won the quarterback competition. Looking back, I mean, from from what you knew about Trenton Borgay going into the season, has he surprised you a little bit of of how capable he is of running a Pac-12 offense? Uh, no, I, I don't think so because uh, the few years he's been here, you know, even against the, the scout look team on our defense, he's been uh, very productive. And, you know, his preparation, he wants to be a, a college football coach um, uh, after he's done playing. But his preparation and the way he goes about um, studying, um, we weren't surprised at all. Yeah, you know, that was, I was gonna I'm gonna follow up with that because that was actually gonna be my next question. We're seeing Trenton Borgay now play on Saturdays. But tell us a little bit about this kid behind the scenes. I mean, I can tell you what you just said there. He's, he obviously watches a lot of film. But what kind of what kind of kid is he uh, in terms of his drive and his study habits and his uh, the, the, the emotional leadership he perhaps provides to his teammates? What is Trenton Borgay like off the field, coach? That maybe goes into making him successful on it. You know the way he, he uh, presents himself to the team as a leader. Um, he's always doing more than uh, what is asked, especially in the in the not only in the weight room but in the in the film room. Um, and he has the attention of his teammates, and and they have all the confidence in him that uh, he'll get the job done. And he goes about uh, his business in a professional manner, and that's where he leads this offense. Hey, coach, did you go to the Chandler Hamilton game last night? I did not uh, because I used my uh, uh, one game on both of those guys and that's oh. what we have uh, for the season, so I, I, I can't, uh, I couldn't. But um, <laughs> my kids will still go there to uh, 
to Chandler uh, was giving me some updates. Oh, <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Uh, you just can't go out to a high school football game anymore, Coach. Oh, the damn NCAA. No, <laughs> Man, oh, All man. Those rules and regulations. Uh, Sean Aguano, the head coach of the Sun Devils, our guest. Before we let you go, um, mid-November, Pullman, Washington. I don't think it lands on anybody's place where they want to be at this time of the year. It's going to be a little bit chilly. Um, you know, How do you prepare your team for, for a weather game like that? And outside of the weather uh, being cold, what other challenges do you expect uh, the Cougars to present to you? You know, um, challenges, they're, they're a good football team, a feisty group that plays real good defense, and so that's going to be a challenge. But, uh, you know, the weather, we really haven't talked about it at all. We know it's probably going to be in the, in the 30s. Um, I thought in Colorado we played in the 40s, and so that's not a big difference. Our guys just got to be ready to play. And so that was the weather has never been brought up the whole week. I got you. Well, Coach, at least, at least it's not at night, okay? I've, yeah. I've, I've seen far too many horror shows with Arizona State and the Cougars up there at night. That's Absolutely. No, that's no fun. <laughs> Coach, as always, thanks for the uh, time and the insight. Best of luck against the uh, Cougars. We'll talk to you next Friday. All right. There you have it. And, you know, they were they were talking about the uh, the weather. And uh, let's I want to go ahead and uh, chime in on that. It's really, really cold. Um, but I love I'm loving it. Um not like McDonald's though. I hate hate just about hate McDonald's. Every time I go there, it's, it's it'd be like a couple of years since I go so before I go to McDonald's, and when I go there, I'm reminded of why I don't like McDonald's. But anyway, uh, game time one thirty p.m. Mountain Standard Time at the one o'clock hour. Thirty six degrees uh, tomorrow in Pullman, uh, and I was right. I, I I can't believe I got that right. Just had to you know remember but um you know so at kickoff 36 degrees um and then uh uh by the games end let's say probably four or five or so um well it'll be 33 32 the lowest it will get if they're still playing and that would be at six would be 29 so it does you know kind of drop pretty quickly um I say pretty quickly. I mean, it goes from uh, 36 um, up to 37 and then back down to 36, 33, and then um, if they're still playing at 5, 32, if they're still playing at 6, 29. So um, definitely uh, cold for those that are used to playing and practicing in um, in Arizona. So, yeah, um, there is that. As I always do, um, just kind of by the numbers and, and all that, um, it's a 79.5% um, uh, chance the matchup predictor has Washington over the, the Sun Devils at a 20.5%. Um, and uh, let's see, 3-6 uh, and six against 5-4. and four. And where is there? This is my. Uh, oh, yep, there it is. My little article. Um, Washington State going for bowl eligibility when ASU visits Arizona State. 
uh, is three and six, two and four in the Pac-12. Washington State five and four, two and four in the uh, Pac-12. Uh, plays Saturday, three thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Like I said, it was one thirty for um, locally for um, for me. Um, but um, and it's on the Pac-12 Network, so not a game I'll catch unless I listen to it. But um, and that's Pac-12 Network and the Pac-12's fault on that. Um, Washington State is an eight and a half point favorite. Um, series record: Arizona State leads the series twenty-seven fifteen and two. What's at stake? The Cougars hope to become bowl eligible with a win in Chile Pullman, while Arizona State seeks to keep its postseason hopes alive under the interim coach Sean Aguano. Washington State broke a three-game losing streak last weekend when they pounded Stanford 52-14 to on the road. And the Sun Devils lost to 50-36 to to number 9 UCLA. Key matchup, uh, Arizona State's defense against a Washington State offense that has scored 52 points and rushed for 306 yards against Stanford. The Sun Devils allowed 402 yards rushing to UCLA. Players to watch, um, Quarterback Trenton Borgay has completed uh, 38 of 49 passes for 349 yards against UCLA. Borgay, who replaced Florida transfer Emory Jones in the starting lineup, has thrown for 966 yards and eight touchdowns with three interceptions. X Validay also um, a big contributor for UCLA, uh, UCLA uh, for ASU, leads the FBS with 4,126 career yards including um 852 this year the wyoming transfer leads the pec 12 um running backs with 12 touchdowns for washington state it's quarterback cameron ward uh he shook off a three-game slump with the uh cougars um beating stanford in uh, part because of stellar day by um running running back uh Nakia Watson, um, freshman safety uh, Jaden Hicks is the Pac-12 freshman player of the week after scooping up a fumble and returning it at 17 yards for a touchdown against Stanford. Facts and figures. Arizona, Arizona State ranks 8th in the Pac-12 in scoring, um, and they are doing that at 27 points per game. Cougars lead the conference in fewest points allowed per game, uh, only 20. The Sun Devils have uh, produced only 11 sacks. Washington State's running backs are at full strength and will uh, attack a defense that allows 153 rushing yards per game. Washington State has given up a conference-high 30 sacks and must find a replacement star for offensive tackle uh, Jarrett Kingston who suffered a season-ending injury last weekend. So that is everything on Arizona State, getting ready for uh, Washington State um, uh, today. So bye-bye game time. Like I said, it will be pretty chilly. Still, like I said, in the 30s, and the lowest it will be is 29. So... Hoping for a win, it's not out of sight, but, you know, some of those numbers is like, ooh, goodness gracious. Um, but uh, 
it everybody everybody has a chance um any given saturday and any given sunday and that's my segue into uh arizona cardinals uh we'll get them uh previewed for their game on sunday um so tomorrow uh up next on big sky sports talk Last segment of the show, Arizona Cardinals, kind of uh, previewing them for um, uh, for Sunday's matchup uh, against the Rams in L.A. So uh, an, a road game for them. Um, or wait, hold on, I might be wrong on that. I think it's. Oh no, it it is on the, on the road because. Uh, the three-game stretch that they were going to have against divisional opponents was a two-at-home, one on the road, um, one technically on a neutral site, but it, it's costing the Cardinals a home game. And uh, some people believe that there's going to be a lot more San Francisco fans um, in Mexico City than uh, there will be Cardinals fans so it's like almost like two road games and one home game and the one home game was against uh, uh, Seattle so um, so yeah there's there's that um, but yeah we in, in LA so against the Rams and so here is um, I, I don't know why I had to pause and think about all that but here is uh, Cliff Kingsbury one last time from uh, yesterday's uh, press conference um, after um, uh, was I, I think he does his before no he does his after practice he does his after practice um, and then also have uh, D hop and then team to team so that is uh, the stretch that we're going on here is the head coach Yeah, starting in the week, you know, I heard 0% chance, and uh, obviously he's been fighting us to get back out there, and, and we'll see how he progresses the next couple of days. But, I mean, he's a special human and um, wanted to be out there today. Is he, he's a special human. Is he human? I don't know. I don't know. When you watch him play, it doesn't seem like it. You know, the spirit, reckless abandon he plays with is unlike um, many people I've seen. Do you treat like youth soft tissue in terms of the – longevity of the injuries and trying to be careful long term yeah we do um we want to make sure that we feel like they can play at 100 percent or close to it um in his case and um not really injure it further that could keep him out an extended period of time so we'll be really smart the next couple of days and see how it progresses so just curious, when he came into the game well you missed practice last week with an ankle is this the same ankle yeah same type situation um and so, like I said, we want to make sure that it doesn't get aggravated further. Did you have a chance to watch Harnock's? I did not. I did not. I heard the first five minutes was really riveting TV, though, from the report I got. So, but I haven't seen it. Is uh, how's Kyler doing? And, and looking, at, I mean, is this going to be game time? Or are you feeling? Yeah, good? it'll be game time. We want to see how he is uh, moving around and, and make sure he's able to do what he can do um, if we're going to put him out there. Uh, you know, he's thrown, done his drops. Um, so we'll see 
how he, like I said, I want to make sure that he can take off and do what he does with his legs um, if he's going to be out there. Does, with that kind of part to his game, do you evaluate him differently than maybe if it was a Colt McCoy because he, that's not a big part of Colt's game? No, I, I think you know he's a guy who can do it from the pocket if he, if he has to run around. He you know has that ability, obviously, but um, you know he can get it done a bunch of different ways. How much do you keep an eye on what's going on with Stafford and his status? Yeah, I've seen it. Obviously, I mean we're familiar with Walford. You know that um, 2020 played in that game with a chance to go to the playoffs, and he did a great job. Came in and got that win for them, and so um, we'll be prepared for either guy and have a good plan. Will that impact your decision on Kyler at all? Uh, no, it won't. We'll do what's best for, for him and the team on our side and, and then kind of go from there. Is the offensive line pretty fluid as far as where it stands going on Sunday? It is, yeah. I mean, we've had a bunch of uh, moving pieces and uh, a bunch of different guys got reps this week to see where they fit. And we'll probably play multiple people in the game and just try to uh, find the best combination uh, during the game as well and keep some of those guys healthy. Knowing what's at stake for the next few weeks when it comes to the playoff picture and how these next few games play out, how do you internalize that pressure that comes along with maybe a must-win scenario? Yeah, I, I've always just approached it week to week. You know, I stay in the moment and try to do the best job you can with that preparation. I think if you look ahead or look in the past, you're not focused on what's important. And uh, we've seen it all year, the parity in this league and how things have gone. And um, we just got to try and be the best team we can be this week. And, and we feel like our best football is out in front of us. In the show, they showed your speech last Monday and how you said, I mean, we win these three games, we'll be first, fighting for first in Monday Night Football. How do you reshape that message after losing to Seattle? Yeah, I mean, it's really not hard um, with this group. You understand, you look around the league, like I said, and everybody's in the NFC is still wide open. Um, so we knew what was in front of us for those three division games. didn't work out the way we would have hoped, but it's an easy reset knowing you're going to L.A., playing a division opponent, and um, they're in a similar situation to us, you know, trying to find themselves and get a, get a win. You mentioned being, hopefully being sure that Kyler can do what he's capable of doing. But with that particular injury, even if you feel he can, do you worry that it might be in your mind as a player that, man, he just – you're a little hesitant because you don't know if he might do them more damage with even when you're feeling good. Yeah, that, that's the comfort level we want to make sure he has. Um, we don't want him to uh, feel any sort of pressure to not run or, or not play his game to an extent. And so we'll make sure that he feels fully comfortable if we're going to put him out there on Sunday. Um, and we won't know until we get out there and run him around game day. You are a very private person. What was it like having the cameras in your house and showing them kind of your personal space like that? Yeah, I mean, it was fine. It wasn't my favorite thing, but part of it. Um, but they do a good job. Like I said, you hardly notice that they're around um, when they're here at the facility, and so it was a small ask. You mentioned not watching Hard Knocks, but you also said the other day your text might you know, go crazy afterwards. Did you get some interesting ones with some of the stuff, especially when they went through your house? Uh, some of the players trying to set up some, some off-season parties and whatnot, um, but lots of Buddha love on the phone, so they must have portrayed him kind of the way we view him around here, so that was cool to see. Byron Murphy status going into Sunday? Um, we'll see. We'll see how he feels. Um, same kind of back issue he's been battling through and, and not sure if he'll be up or not. All right. Um, 
DeAndre Hopkins is next. I'm sorry, I had a thought, and I'm like, you know what? I'll do it after that. Kind of just going to go over to the uh, of the injury report um, so far, and just kind of give my thoughts and opinions of who I think will be available. But you, you've already heard, um, Kyler will be a game time decision, um, and uh, I think right now uh, Stafford is is still questionable, if not maybe doubtful to uh, to play. Um, and then, you know, uh, the head coach did give, uh, some, uh, ideas of other guys like, uh, Buda Baker, um, and, uh, um, I can't remember who else he said, but I'll, I'll go over that. And I thought about doing that right then because I'm like, it was, it was just kind of fresh. They were just talking about it a couple of different times and then, uh, you know, it's all right. So we'll go D hop and then we'll do that. And then we'll do team to team. So here's D hop. I don't really watch too much TV. You know, I'm more of a book reader kind of guy. Or listen to audio. So, no, I haven't had a chance to watch Hard Knocks. Um, I mean, so you said the show that you read a lot of books when you suspended. How many books did you read? Oh, man, I read a lot, man. Um, shoot. Definitely over a handful. I like long books. I'm still reading reading a couple of them. What topics are genres? Oh, man, all kind. Um, Spiritual, non-fictional, um, it's kind of it's my genre. How do you internalize the pressure, if there is any, when it comes to this upcoming game and the situation when, it, when you look at the playoff picture and things of that nature? Yeah, I really don't know. Um, like, if we win this game, what does it possibly entail? Or win or lose, I just know we need to win. So... I think it's everybody's mindset, trying not to really look at, you know, the bigger picture, the playoff and stuff like that, but just really take it game by game. One of the premier matchups in the NFL is you against Jalen Ramsey. What have you learned over the years? Uh, Jalen's a good player. you got to be precise. Uh, you got to attack the ball. He's long, just like uh, myself. So uh, I've been playing Jalen since his rookie year, Texans and Jacksonville. So uh, we know a lot about each other's game uh, and, you know, just, just going out and competing. Clip mentioned that Kyler would be a game time, a game day decision. If Colt had to step in there, you guys obviously are confident he won some games for you last year, right? Oh yeah, um, I'm not sure if his record. I think it's two and one, but uh, Colt is definitely somebody that knows his offense very well and who we feel like we can go out there and uh, you know win against um, you know anybody. So you know if Kyler can't make it, next man up mentality. Sean Jefferson brought up the Hall of Fame thing, yeah. and then you, you is it, Do you get worried about kind of how people see you at this point? Um, not really. Uh, I really don't care how people perceive me. I know who I am. I know I've never taken anything to cheat or you know take advantage of, of this game. I've never had to. So for me, no, I really don't care. Um, but more so, Hall of Fame and stuff like that. I've just been told that you know it's a possibility that you can't make it, but. I've been told after that, you know, after after watching Hard Knocks from some people that, you know, I, I still can make it, so I feel better. <laughs> I go into that, um, Hard Knocks, it was, you know, a very interesting conversation. I can't remember if I've already talked about this or not. Um, but D-Hop, they just said it, was talking to Sean Jefferson. And it was the practice that he came back Um and it was a great question um, because, um, yeah, because um, 
you know, he did really kind of like, you know, Sean Jefferson was like, dude, you don't understand the presence you have on this field with this team and in and, 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 and the locker room. And, he, you know, just on and on, Sean Jefferson was just kind of singing his pra- praises and, and it was just kind of back and forth between him and Hop. And uh, and then Hop said, uh, he said, do you do you think I'll um, make it to Hall of Fame? And, and without hesitation, Sean Jefferson almost like just couldn't believe what he was hearing. He said, absolutely. No question. No question is what he was saying. And. You know, it's kind of the age-old question um, for for players. You know, would you rather be a Hall of Famer or uh, win, win Super Bowl rings? And clearly for DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't know, again, uh, the question was asked after, you know, what the way he's been seen, you know, is he kind of second-guessing it? And it kind of seems like maybe he has been. I, I mean, I don't know um, how Hop is and if he's always kind of been, you know, I, oh, I'm certain I will be, or, you know, I don't even know, you know, obviously it's not up to him. I, well, I mean, it's up to him to do well. And, and of course he'll be in, but, um, or likely would be in, but it's not up to him to put himself in as far as how the voting goes, I guess, if, if that makes sense. Um, but clearly, you know, with, with hop, it, it's, it's all about hall of fame. Like, um, you know, not saying it's not about winning Super Bowls, but it's it's the Hall of Fame is more important. So if you ask him, he probably would say, "Oh yeah, Hall of Fame." And I think for a lot of players, you know, if you win, if you are in the Hall of Fame, likely not all the time, but likely you've probably had some Super Bowl rings or at least one. Um, so you kind of get the best of both worlds, but that's not always always the case. Um, and then it's like, if you get Super Bowl rings and, or multiple Super Bowl rings here, it's like almost guaranteed to be in the hall of fame. So it's kind of, you know, a, uh, um, they kind of go hand in hand, um, to some aspect, but, but it is not always, uh, true. There are plenty of players that have, uh, got into the hall of fame that are not, um, Super Bowl winners. So, um, Larry Fitzgerald, I guarantee you will be one of them. He did not win a Super Bowl, um, but he'll be in the Hall of Fame. So, um, but, and then that's an interesting question for Fitz is, you know, uh, he did really deeply care about winning. And I think a lot of the times the why he kept on coming back and he said why he was coming back is, is that he wants to win one. And, um, I don't know if he didn't believe in a, the team, that surrounded him or, you know, maybe he felt like he was, uh, um, falling off a little bit. I'm not sure what made his decision to, you know, even still to this day, he's not formally retired. Um, but, um, for all intents and purposes, he is retired. Um, and so he will be a hall of famer, a first ballot hall of famer, in my opinion, um, but we have not won a ring. So, but I do wonder though, what his answer, what Larry Fitzgerald's answer would be, you know, uh, and you almost kind of feel like that it would be Super Bowls versus Hall of Fame. Um, because he was just so much in the later stages of the life chasing that. So, or, you know, really, really, and I'm going to say chasing it, but really wanting it. So it, it's interesting, but more D hop. It's a Hall of Fame. 
Uh, it's very important. I think obviously Hall of Fame is is a personal goal that when you play this game, that's that's you know where you want to be. So I think for any player who's who's uh, who's played in the NFL, that's that's a personal goal of theirs, and I feel like that's very reachable for myself. You had two catchers in that first drive, and then three targets the rest of the game. Was that a defensive adjustment? Is that just a matter of you guys leaving stuff out on the field as, as an offense? Well, you know, good thing we got a, a chance to to play a different game and put that behind us. But uh, as football, uh, you know, that's, that was a great defense, and you know, those guys did a good job of you know, I guess, allowing me to only have three three targets. How healthy is it for the relationship to have the type of relationship where you can? You know, I've I've played with a lot of quarterbacks, and that's how I've always been. Uh, being someone who who gets paid at the top of my position, I feel like uh, you know when you're a guy like myself and you play a lot of football, being able to have that communication or that open line of uh, criticism with your quarterback, it only helps the team. And I think. Uh, you know, I've, I've watched Andre Johnson do it, uh, him and Matt Schaub. I've watched other players, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, do it. So I think, you know, when, when, you, when you have guys that you've watched have that, that communication like that with a quarterback uh, and, you know, how it leads to success, uh, obviously, you know, it's two people competing and trying to win a game at the end of the day. So uh, it's, it's never anything personal. I didn't want to uh, interrupt it back to back, but I uh, very well could have. But you got your answer from D Hop. Hall of Fame is is very very important to him. He said it. So I, there's D Hop's answer as far as that goes. Um, I what I believe the question that was just asked was derived from is during Hard Knocks. Um, D Hop, uh, there was a play that you know D Hop was pretty much wide open uh he had one-on-one -on -one coverage um and i think he had his man beat and he was down the field a good bit would have been more than a first down and and you know, at a critical critical moment that would have continued the drive and he he goes up to kyler very very frustrated and says one what are you seeing out there you know well you know i i was down at the 50 you know what are you seeing one Obviously, talking to you know Kyler, Kyler wears number one, but um, uh, just very frustrated. And, and Kyler, you know, just took offense. He was just asking him a question. Hey, what are you seeing out there? I just, you know, just want to know. I, I was open, but you know, did you not see me? Yeah, you just, just is a, you know, not really. Hey, give me the ball. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it obviously he was kind of getting at that, but the question was just asked. Hey, what are you seeing out there? Um, and you, players do that all the time. Hey, what are you seeing? Because this is what I'm seeing, and, and usually no blow up. But Kyler just, you know, basically said the same thing to him that he told his head coach: "Calm down." You know, um, I'm just trying to win. And I mean, it's like, well, are you Kyler? You did. You didn't see your number one target one on one down the field that would have continued the drive. It was just very, very interesting. So I know for a fact that that question um, was was uh, brought up because of uh, that hard knocks exchange. What was it like seeing Buddha back out there today? And what kind of a boost does that give you guys to see him back out there? Uh, Buddha's always uh, a boost for us. You know, Buddha, who he is, his mentality he played with, 
Uh, you know, he's he's definitely uh, the energy of this team, and you know, I think it, you know it's been like that since he stepped stepped in this building. A lot of talks about the too high defense kind of coverage. How do you feel like the best way to do that? You got to run the football, uh, no doubt about it. You know, um, I'm pretty sure you play video games. So um, you know, when it's too high, you like to run the ball. But I'm not an offense coordinator. I don't know too much. <laughs> But uh, what I do know is, you know, that's you have a better chance of, you know, winning games. Uh, but nah, I mean, it's, you gotta make plays, man. Two high, one high, three high, four high. No matter, you gotta make plays. Ah, little little smirk there. I know you didn't see it. Uh, go to azcardinals.com uh, and you'll um, you'll see it. And you'll see the D hop. Uh, just a little bit of a smirk there, and you know, uh, just kind of almost. Uh, Hint into his offense and his head coach. Run the ball more. Don't go away from the run. And better yet, none of that uh, horizontal uh, crap. I was gonna say mess. I don't know uh, what I was gonna. You know, it's like stupid mess. It came out smess, but or whatever. But um. The little little jab there, I believe, you know, especially with the smart. And then he backed up, you know, uh, his, but I'm not an offensive coordinator. Uh, but clearly, you know, don't go away from the run sometimes. He, I think the uh, Cardinals and one, well, not just Cardinals, many, many teams just abandon the run. I mean, when you're real far behind, yeah, you kind of almost kind of have to. Um, unless, you know, you're not getting done in the passing game. Still mixing some runs, even if you're down a little bit, mixing some runs, throw, throw them off, especially if you're gashing them all the time. Um, uh, you know, you're, you will more often, of course, that way. But, um, you know, just just don't, I guess, I just say, just don't abandon the run so quickly and make it vertical. None of this behind the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, swing passes that that basically, I mean, they go down as a pass, but they're extended run plays, in my opinion, but it goes down as a pass. Uh, these, um, you know, trying to get outside, you know, the numbers that way, screens and all that crap. No, go up the middle, um, and you'd be surprised what happens, even though, you know, uh, they say go where they ain't. Well, I mean, considering you run the offense you run and it's not often up the middle, <laughs> I guarantee you um, up the middle uh, for a large portion of the time is where they ain't. So you can go ahead and do it. So I like that little bit of uh, D-hop there, just kind of um, uh, a message to his team and the head coach if they, if they did happen to listen. Hey, go up the middle, run the ball. Older, any backup quarterback is that a challenge? Just not having that instant chemistry, you know, not having those reps as receiver to quarterback. Well, uh, it's always a challenge when you have a new quarterback, no matter uh, how much of the offense he knows. Just you know, going out and not having reps is always going to be tough. But um, you know, that's why Code is is who he is, and that's why he's still on the NFL team. Um, he showed he's able to to build chemistry with guys pretty fast, no matter uh, you know how how fast or how soon he has to get ready. I'm not going to lie. I kind of do want to see Colt McCoy. I know, I mean, Kyler's the guy, and he's the one that, uh, you know, 
um, that, uh, you know, gives the Cardinals the best chance to win. But I just, something about me just wants to see uh, Colt out there. But anyway, here is the injury report. Buda Baker, and it's long. It's it's long. Um, Buda Baker, you know, with the ankle, did not practice Wednesday, Thursday, limited on Friday. Um, and uh, it's a game status. Uh, it says unspecified, but uh, probably a game time decision. Kelvin Beecham, he was out with an illness slash knee, did not practice Wednesday, limited on Thursday, full go on Friday. He'll probably go. Uh, Cody Ford out with the illness, did not practice uh, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, limited on um, – or excuse me, Kelvin Beecham limit. Um, hold on. Yeah, Kelvin Beecham full. Cody Ford. I thought I was reading it wrong. Limited. I think he'll probably go. Um, he'll be available. Um, Max Garcia with a shoulder. Um, did not practice at all. He his game's time is it says already out. Um, Will Hernandez with a chest did not practice, and then there's nothing for Thursday and Friday. I don't know why. Um, but, uh, he'll probably be a game time decision. Um, it's hard to see. Rodney Hudson is out with the knee, did not practice at all. Byron Murphy with a back, um, did not practice at all, but probably still a game time decision with Byron Murphy, even though he didn't practice at all. Kyler Murray with his hamstring, uh, did not practice Wednesday, limited and limited on, uh, for Thursday and Friday. Um, probably a game time decision. Um, actually, I know he is because head coach said so. Dennis Gardak um, with a, an ankle limited all three days. He'll be a game time decision um, because it's hard to tell with the, how the ankle's going. But uh, I, 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 I would expect him to play, but more likely be a game time decision. Um, they have him uh, and the rest of. Um, the next couple of these are all questionable, including Byron Murphy, uh, Kyler Murray, um, Gardeck is questionable, and then DJ Humphreys also uh, questionable. With a back, he was limited on Wednesday, did not practice uh, Thursday, uh, and back to limited on Friday. Um, game time, I'm going to say game time for him. Um, Jonathan Ledbetter. Uh, with ribs limited uh, Wednesday and Thursday, full on um, Friday, um, so he'll 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 probably go. Um, Christian Matthew hamstring limited all three days. He he's questionable on here. Um, I say that uh, he'll be. Uh, I'm thinking he'll be available. Rondell Moore uh, with a hand in, uh, injury. Um, limited, uh, full, um, Thursday and Friday, he'll, uh, he's unspecified, but, uh, I'm saying he'll go Matt Prater with the right hip limited, um, Wednesday and Thursday did not practice on, um, on Friday, but he'll, he'll probably go. He went last week, um, JJ Watt with a knee limited, uh, Wednesday and Thursday full on Friday, he'll go. And then last guy, uh, Greg Dortch, they have him as questionable. Um, nothing for Wednesday or Thursday. And he's it's with a groin, by the way, limited on Friday. He'll probably go 
um, I would assume. So that is just my uh, thoughts and just kind of how it's uh, saying. But like I said, it, it was lengthy um, for the Rams. Um, I'll just mention the guys that are out. Malcolm Brown, he's running back out with a hamstring. Um, uh, Traven Howard, linebacker, out with a hip. Um, Greg Gaines, doubtful, um, with an elbow, um, with a knee, um, Jackson is the last name, I cannot pronounce the first name, but he's a guard, he's doubtful, um, Matthew Stafford with a concussion is questionable, uh, did not practice Wednesday, Thursday, and he was limited on Friday, uh, he'll probably be a game time. Aaron Donald uh, was just for rest, but uh, did not practice Friday, but he'll go. Um, but they have uh, two guys that are doubtful, two guys that are out, uh, three that are questionable, including um, Matthew Stafford. So um, that's the Rams, and that's uh, everything but team to team for the Cardinals. Here is... Team to team. Welcome to another edition of Team to Team brought to you by Microsoft Teams. I'm Darren Urban and joining us today is George Rodriguez of The Athletic, covers the Rams and also a good friend of myself and uh, former Cardinals employee, I guess, kind of. <laughs> intern, intern. Intern. By the way, and I'm going to tell my story as usual. I always have to do this for people who have been keeping up with this series. Now we're we're friends, and you're one of my favorite people, especially in this industry. Um, there was a time when I was a, a little Arizona Cardinals intern running around transcribing quotes, absolutely terrified of the legend that is Darren Urban. And I think it's because you're so tall. And I saw you, and, and it was because I saw you one day, and you were going into the facility before a game, and you were in such a hurry. And it was really hot, and I was like, oh, he's, he, you know, you were scowling because it was, you were in a hurry. Like, everyone who knows you knows that you very rarely scowl in general. And so I was like, I can never talk to him. I'm so intimidated by him, like all this stuff. And now we're great friends, so it's awesome. I like the back end of this story better than the front end of the story. <laughs> uh, you know, Jordan, uh, the Rams have a Super Bowl ring, so that always makes the position they're in a little bit easier to take. I mean, obviously the Cardinals are struggling too, um, but they're not coming off a Super Bowl win. So I'm just curious, kind of overview, what it's been like around that team, uh, knowing that, okay, they just won the Super Bowl a handful of months ago, but right now, clearly not playing the kind of football they were hoping to play. Yeah, you felt, where in the past, you felt like this extreme uh, focused energy of like where to problem solve when they've had things come up here and there in the past several years, and certainly in 2021. Um, this time around, it's sort of like this um, whirlwind of bewilderment almost. And and what I mean by that is they're, they were so overcome by what I call a petition, position catastrophe on their offensive line. Um, they're on their second, I'm going to see if I can get this right, right off the top of my head. Second left tackle, third left guard, third center, fifth right guard. And they've had their their same right tackle this entire time. It's like the lone stalwart in the night, right? And so it, it's like they have just been just surrounded by where do you even start to solve these problems? It's progression based. 
timing-based, rhythm, cadence-based, setup plays-based offense. And it's, it's as, as you know, Sean McVay's pride and joy, and it's not working. And it's a disaster, frankly. And so I think when you don't even know where to start solving the problems, you're like meeting guys for the first time who are playing center for your quarterback that next week. Um, you're going to run into some problems. It's nine different starting offensive line combinations in nine games, and they're, they're about to change it up again. Um, and, and so there's kind of this almost like their heads are spinning. Where do you even start to problem solve in that regard? It's funny because uh, the Cardinals are going through not quite that bad, but the Cardinals are going through their own offensive line problems. Obviously, Rodney Hudson has barely played this season. Uh, they've got backup guards right now on both right and left now that Will Hernandez got hurt. And they've got their tackles, but you know, when you're when you're going to play the Rams and you're talking about your interior of your line is is uh, is an issue, and then Aaron Donald is sitting there, it's kind of a little intimidating. Not that Aaron Donald needs the Cardinals to play backups to have uh, have some success against them. Um, so I guess that would be my next question. Yeah. In this case, is just you know what do you, what what do the Rams see this this offense being right now? I mean, obviously the Cardinals have struggled all year. And they can't just put it on the the offensive line, but they they just have not been able to put it together. Yeah, the interior offensive line, thinking about Aaron Donald, it's like me thinking about a scowling Darren Urban, right? Like it's the same, totally the same thing. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's teams are scheming away from him as much as possible, and I expect the Cardinals to do the same, frankly. Um, Quick, quick game, getting like the really, um, you know, record speed time to throw. Every single quarterback they faced so far this season um, has thrown the ball at like on average 2.38 seconds. And that's the league average is 2.74. It's the fastest uh, time in the league that quarterbacks on average are getting the ball out. And so, you know, whatever the Cardinals offense is, was, is working through, um wants to be you have to totally change your plan anyway um or you have to go toward that plan of trying to mitigate some of that pressure that they're going to face to not only protect the line um but also to protect kyler from aaron donald and i think there's sort of a a, a similar um head spinningness happen happening for both teams right because when you lose guys up front but then you're also struggling to figure out what your identity is out of the gate um uh, missing personnel I think it's just going to affect everything you do and, and sort of the path that you take moving forward, especially, you know, you think to yourself, both of these teams have to win this game. Only one can. Both of these teams have to win this game. This division is still, I mean, within reach for, for certain teams, at least in a wild card situation. And I just, in, in either of these groups, I just don't see that identity. I, I just don't see them having found that on either side. Well, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, the Cardinals, they were hoping that when DeAndre Hopkins came back, that would change some things. And, and it, it has to the point where obviously Hop had a couple of really nice games, but the Cardinals have not been able to, to run the ball uh, effectively much at all. Now, again, that goes back to offensive line issues a lot of the time, but uh, there, there's very little balance. They haven't been able to work in Robbie Anderson. Hollywood Brown got hurt. But the Rams, I'm like, I know Cooper Cup is now like, having another unbelievable year but beyond him what's what's the offense exactly that's a great question if i find out i'll let you know like <laughs> no i mean he's he's accounting for the the just a huge amount the major amount of the target share of the yardage it was something like he had 128 uh scrimmage yards 
of the Rams' 206 total yards of offense against Tampa Bay on Sunday in that sort of self-inflicted loss. And it's the, a lot of it's the the offensive line. And like I said, it's progression-based, timing-based offense. So the early parts of the year, this offensive line is losing people left and right. And the Rams still have Allen Robinson lining up on the backside of Matthew Stafford's progressions. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. What are you doing? And so I, I sit there and like, now you're seeing them maneuver people and move people around. And now you're seeing them work Allen into more high probability situations, similar to how they've used Tyler Higby in the past and, and all of that, but they can't run the ball. Um, they, you know, they had sort of a dramatic simmering situation with Cam Akers and then you got to solve that. And then they're moving their running backs coaches around. And, and now they're trying to figure out how to solve that issue. And they've got a committee of running backs that hasn't worked over the last three years. And now suddenly it's going to have to work now. And, you know, maybe a couple guys coming back from injured reserve this week on the line and in the running backs room, that could be helpful. But again, there's this lack of cohesion and this lack of identity. And it's basically Matthew Stafford, throw the ball to Cooper cup under heavy duress and Cooper Cup do something insane. That's kind of what it's been for the last, or for the first, you know, nine weeks of this season. It feels, like, <laughs> I mean, you could just replace uh, Stafford with Kyler and, and Cup with DeAndre Hopkins, and that's what it feels like the Cardinals are trying to get at right now themselves as they try and figure it out. I think ultimately you're right. I, I mean, I think this is a game that both these teams have to win. Uh, you know, I do think the Rams have a little bit more elbow room, but not a lot. And uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting. It's been a very odd year in the NFC. And if I were to say that these two teams are both going to have losing records going into this Week 10 matchup before the year, I, I never would have guessed that. So it's going to be very, very interesting to watch. I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm thinking when the schedule comes out, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, it's, you know, uh, it'll be a two weeks post trade deadline. The Rams will have made some crazy move. Um, they, you know, they'll probably, you know, go into this with the, the NFC West, uh, some, some serious stakes on the line here against the Cardinals and got to take this game at SoFi Stadium. And now I'm sitting there and I'm like, one of these guys has to win. All of us will suffer having watched it. And I think that, and, and frankly, like, and I, I mean, no disrespect for the people who are working hard to try to solve these problems, but Oh my goodness, this this has got to be a, a, a cleansing game for one of these groups. It just has to be. Otherwise, you're just going to continue to watch them both swirl the drain, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's really positive, right? Like, it's just, it it's okay. Really you got to call them as you see them, Jordan. <laughs> I, uh, I really appreciate you joining us. I appreciate you being a friend. I, anybody watching out there, please read Jordan's stuff on The Athletic. It's really freaking good. Uh, and she's just she's one of the best writers out there and that's just the bottom line so jordan thanks for being with us here thank you so much for having me so glad we've continued this series this is like our little tradition now and i'm happy to be here i'll see you in la a lot of very very strong words uh from jordan Rodrigue. um she does cover the Rams with the athletic, as uh, Darren Urban says. Darren Urban covers the Cardinals for the Cardinals. Um, but both uh, both um, individuals know their stuff, know the team very, very well. Um, that's a lot of offensive line combinations. Nine in nine weeks, and they're about to have a a, a tenth uh, this week. Um, 
that and that that's an area where you want your you know as Jordan said uh, not a lot of cohesion that's where you want it is the offensive line uh, um, that's like any football team's dream is to have their uh, you know if there's any group that you want 100% healthy and no one's ever going to be 100% healthy but you know they're, they're all going to have some nicks and bruises but you know no no major I- issues you want it for the offensive linemen um, I mean, yes, quarterback too, but offensive lineman is, is is the number one group that you want to stay healthy. And if they do, most times you're going to be, you know, winning, and you're going to be um, in in the uh, in the hunt for the big game. If not um, in the playoffs, and and if not that, also um, in the big game. And I honestly believe that as far as offensive line play, they don't the the big uglies up front. They don't get a whole lot of love, um, but um, like they should. But they are responsible for a lot of different things and a lot of dis- different success. So, kind of m- mentioned it uh, a couple times, but um, and that's kind of the narrative right now is both teams are desperate need for a win. Um, bo- uh, both teams have this uh, narrative of things not going the way ever anybody thought they should especially for the Rams I mean Cardinals uh, you know some some of us fans like oh yeah we've seen this um, because you didn't really like what you saw uh, going into it any either way with a couple of different uh, reasons but uh, uh, only and and as Jordan said only one team can win and the one that does, clearly will be excuse me um better off uh and uh i like the analogy she said uh you know spinning the drain um the one that that doesn't so uh that's just uh you know an interesting picture uh to think about but i think she's absolutely right and uh um so it seems to me the key is cooper cup um, and, and the Cardinals have done okay, uh, uh, you know, with Cooper Cup, but he's just such a, a special talent. Um, triple crown winner last last season. Looks like he could do it again this season. Um, and uh, uh, keep him keep him in check, though. You you um, you'll be all right. But like I said, um. Very, I think it's a very winnable game. I'm to be honest though, I'm not expecting them win because well, it's the Rams and we always lose to the Rams, so there's that. Um, but if you want my uh, that's my honest opinion. But if you also want my honest opinion, is you know, even though I said that, it's that it is a very winnable game when you consider, um, you know what's uh what's going on and and uh, both teams in in a funky place and injuries uh on both sides uh both sides of the ball and on both teams and you know just these teams are very very similar in in where they are in in the season and and um uh so that that's kind of one thing like i said that's been that has been said this this whole time so uh we'll see obviously uh tomorrow who who wins um and obviously i hope that it's the cardinals but anyway, with that, that's the end of uh, my show. Um, as always, I do appreciate uh, everybody for for listening. Um, it it means a lot to me. 
Um, you can find me again soon on YouTube, um, but uh, I'll get more information out to you from there. But uh, um, at Big Sky Sports Talk on Facebook and Instagram, you can email me any questions, comments, concerns, or just whatever um, at Big Sky Sports Talk at gmail.com. Um, and then uh, find us on Spotify, um, Amazon, Audible, Google, um, Apple, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, wherever you are, wherever you like to listen to your favorite music or, or podcast, Big Sky Sports Talk is there too. Um, I uh, had a concerted effort to, to do that. I just wanted to try to get, get everywhere that I could, and I felt like that was very smart. Um, and, uh, I think in the long run it, it, it is, or it will be proven to be, um, but, uh, continue sharing with your friends and your family, your, your neighbors, your enemies, um, about this, uh, about the show, um, uh, hit the subscribe button on any platform that it is you listen to. In fact, um, every platform except for spotify i don't know why spotify doesn't and spotify is the most popular one i can uh, assure you i have the stats on it but um if you just subscribe hit that bell notification just just subscribe and follow the podcast without even listening i get some credit to that so that's really cool but i do appreciate if you do listen as i always say um so continue to do that and and i thank you um until tuesday um, this has been Big Sky Sports Talk. I'm David Murphy.